My name is Sheldon Price. I like to force my friends to watch an entire franchise they've never seen, all in the course of one weekend. Join me in a journey of binging movies and destroying friendships along the way. This month, Coleman Ranahan and the Pirates of the Caribbean. This is Ruin Your Weekend. We've just finished watching the first film in our binge-watching session and the first film in this franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yar! <laughs> Shot out of a cannon, what did you think of this? So I will say that I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, there are, like, lots of, like, I think I liked a lot more of, like, the little things than I liked yeah. more of, like, the big gimmicky things. Yeah, it's, it's, I kind of think one of those franchises where they really think that you're here to watch the big tentpole, popcorn action, huge yeah. blockbuster moments, but there's so much being brought to the table, like every character and all the little things, that's what makes this world feel lived in and real, and I think what a lot of people latched onto. Mm. Yeah, so what, uh, what were your, some of your favorite moments? Like you said, you liked some of the little things. What were, what were the things that you really liked? I think I liked... Um, Jonathan Price was easily oh, one of the best parts of the movie. Yes, um, as uh, Kira Knightley's father in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also Swan. At some points, I was like ready for him to be. There's a line like uh, "Tomorrow Never Dies" where he's like, "There's no news like bad news," <laughs> and I was like sort of waiting for like a tiny moment like that. But um, I don't know. I just kept thinking of that the entire time. But um, yeah, he like he's great. Um, I, I kind of like would have liked to have seen more like um, uh, Will. Uh, I'm suddenly playing. Oh, Orlando Bloom. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, <laughs> super popular actor. Can't think of. Him. <laughs> um, but like like a little more of his like blacksmithing stuff. But he was like good. But like Kira Knightley was also easily one of the best parts of the She's movie. She's incredible in this. She's yeah. not given a lot to work with, but no. she does so much. Yeah, no, especially like yeah, because she's very much playing like the damsel in distress. Yeah, but like she kind she, of what she works with is like. Great. And you can tell, like, even though they cast her to be an ingenue, yeah. the whole time you can see it in her where you're like, okay, you want to be way more than this. Yeah. Whether it's the actress or the character, there's something about you that's bigger than just yeah. being a, a governor's daughter. Uh, I like that. And then um, I liked the, uh, the music for me is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, like, the adventure music is, like, it's perfect. It is, like, it is very much adventure-like it's so heroic. Yeah, it's yeah. very swashbuckly. It's very, um, uh, just like tr- sort of triumphant. Yeah. Um, so I li- I like that. I like the two pirates in the dresses. Oh um, yeah, those uh, guys were. Great. I forget their names. They're they're great in the. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. um, they do come back. Mm-hmm. So um, they're. I think this. This franchise depends on comic relief characters like yeah. that, and it, it gives some people sometimes a bigger role than it should, um, but they are phenomenal in this, and I yeah, I love when they're wearing dresses, and he says, it's just like they did at Troy, <laughs> only they was in a wooden horse, and we were in dresses. Yeah, and then I, I, I do like um, sort of the turn at the end, I don't know if we're getting into spoilers yet. Oh but, yeah, no, we're, um, we're discussing this, is okay. more of like a recap <laughs> I mean, the movie's been out for, like, I don't know, 16 years. 16 years, yeah, 2003. <laughs> um, so, uh, I like the did, like, the turn of, um, not the, is it the Commodore? Yeah. Uh, the Commodore, yeah. Um, uh, like, I like sort of, like, his turn at the end, um, like, where he's very much, like, realized that he's, like, sort of beat. Um, yeah. Like, he, he is not necessarily going to get the girl, and he knows it, and he's cool with that. Uh, like, he, yeah. he, he could have just easily have killed Will. 
Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And, um, the fact that he like sort of sort of charming about it, like weirdly charming about it, like um, is, is kind of cool. So um, I like that. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in this franchise. I think he is somebody who is very noble, mm-hmm. like true and true, and not just to his position, but to humanity. Like he seems to, like you said, he he at least is cool with it in a sense of. He understands that, like, Will is also a good person who's done a bad thing. And in the very beginning of the movie, he says, you know, like, one good thing doesn't, like, uh, fix a lifetime of bad things. And I think by the end, he's grown a lot and realizes that people are more gray than black and white. And and he's one of the, the few people in this, especially in that Royal Navy, that you're like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with you being in charge. I think he and Elizabeth could have been a good couple, but also, like, he was a young adult when she was a child. Yeah. And that's so creepy that that's our introduction to them. Yeah. Speaking of creepy, we we have to talk, we were just talking about this before the podcast started, but um, Jonathan Price's character is a little bit of a creep. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, just... he's like, when Elizabeth is uh, changing, like, he's in the room and doesn't leave. Even though, yeah. I mean, you know, she's got a barrier uh but in front he's, of her, but like he's staying in the room, and then at yeah. the end, <laughs> they're like making out on top of like the, not a castle or whatever. That yeah, was the little battlements well, area. Yeah, yeah. That, that little area. He like turns around and watches them make out. He some keeps more. like not leaving. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's he just won't stop creeping on his daughter. Yeah. Like he buys her the dress and the thing that like the corset he forces her to wear just yeah. so she'd look hot for uh, Norrington. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he's, his, he's his, a little weird about it. His moment, though, at the end, would like they like realize the, they've beaten the pirates. Yeah, and he hears huzzah, <laughs> yeah, all and, the cheers, and his like little fist shakes. You're like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just very like comical and like a little over the top, but it, it works for him. Yeah, and um, I, I think this movie really shows you all the different ways people hold power and when their power is useless, mm-hmm. and that somebody like a governor, very powerful. Whenever you're living in your city in Port Royal. Everyone will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Out when you're on a boat in the ocean, you're useless. You're more of a hindrance than anything else. Yep. And I think you see that in, in different aspects with the Commodore struggling to figure out when he does have power. Mm-hmm. Or like Jack Sparrow and the pirates who like have a ton of power on the seas, but then on land, that's when they have to fear everything. Yeah. Uh, I will say like one of, the, one of the final things is just like they did pay off the um, sword throw. Which was nice. That he like, did during the first little fight scene. Yeah, like, yeah. they did, did, did that in the first part of the movie, and then he saved Jack Sparrow by throwing the sword again. Yeah, um, which when was, uh, Jack, the hangman, yeah. uh, dropped the floor out, and Jack's dancing on the little yeah. sword. Yeah, that was that was a good, um, that was a good little, like, payoff, I think, that, like, yeah. worked out. It was nice to see that they actually thought more about some of the character stuff uh, to keep, like, continuing that throughout the movie, so that was... That was a nice little payoff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of those little nods that they like, kind of keep little recurring gags and jokes. Uh, stuff with the eyeball yeah. always like keeps popping back up with them. Um, so these are the, the things you liked. Is there anything you did not like, were not a fan of? So, um, I know obviously everyone's a big fan of Johnny Depp. <laughs> and I can't say that, like, he, he definitely had some good moments. I can't say that the character needed to be that front and center. Ah, uh, yeah. I, like, I, it, I, that might be a weird opinion, because obviously he like he is integral to some parts of the movie. I kind of wish he had been a little more ancillary. And it should have been, like, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan's story. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would have been, like, much more, I think, enamored with the movie if I had learned more about, like, his blacksmith, like, background. Like, maybe, I don't know, like, 
Just like his more like character eccentricities. Um, that's not a word. Uh, <laughs> eccentricities. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Um, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I think that he. Johnny Depp apparently, like, when he showed up on set doing this character and doing this voice, freaked everyone out. Yeah. Like, nobody knew. It was, like, the usual suspects when Benicio Del Toro shows up and they're like, that's the accent you're going with? <laughs> yeah. It was the same thing on this. And Disney's like, we just spent so much money getting Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, unintelligible. He's drunk. Yeah. Like, he's going to ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. And so even, like, during production, they were like, I don't know about this when they started but I think they quickly became enamored with the character yeah. he was giving and just, like, kept giving him more scenes and more screen time. Yeah, it's like, it's like a drunk Hunter S. Thompson type thing. And yeah. like, okay, I kind of get it, but, like... It's a... inspired a little bit by Hunter S. Thompson, but oh. <laughs> more by one rock star in particular. Rock star? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Can you um, guess who it would be? James Hetfield from Metallica. Ah, Keith Richards. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently it was like, he's very good friends with Keith Richards in real life. Heavily inspired by the way he talks and moves around. So you're uh, saying it's not Benjamin from Breaking Benjamin? <laughs> <laughs> it is not Benjamin. No, it's Keith Richards. But as a pirate. Yeah. I mean, the and, and what a look with those, like the dreadlocks, the weird scab on the side of his face. It's yeah. kind of red. That little twirly mustache. Yeah. And the fact that he's got that little gold coin dangling down the side of his, his yeah. hat. Um, I really love the costumes, the, the design of each pirate. Yeah. And I want to talk about my absolute favorite thing in this whole movie franchise is Captain Barbosa, Jeffrey Rush yes. in this movie, who... I think delivers a phenomenal performance. He is intimidating as hell, but more intelligent than a pirate has any business being. <laughs> the way he talks down to Elizabeth Swan in front of his crew to make them feel like, oh yeah, he's one of us. Yeah. And then the second they're behind closed doors, he uses those like big fancy words that he accuses her of using. Mm. He's, um, he's fantastic and watching him just play off everybody is so good yeah he's he's fun to watch like chew the scenery like he's definitely like he, and he looked like he was having a fun time yeah and like so like that i like when characters seem to have like they're like having a lot of fun yeah um and uh, you know the actors too obviously but like uh like yeah he was a great like villain yeah uh, yeah and he had it was funny um I, i've read something uh on or listened to it on the dvd commentaries because i've watched these movies a lot especially the original like there are five movies in the series but there is a trilogy and then there are two other movies that are the same characters but it's like it's not the same as a focus story mm-hmm. like there's no through line narrative but in the first dvd commentary jeffrey rush says that he was afraid of acting on alongside Kira Knightley and alongside the monkey <laughs> because he's certain more people would be interested in Kira Knightley and the monkey than him mm-hmm. because of like how he looks and all the makeup and stuff. He's like, Kira Knightley, beautiful woman, like this monkey, who doesn't love a monkey? Yeah. And so he was trying to figure out how can I be more seen? How can I be front and center of this franchise? And he has a theory that people watch a movie screen the same way they read a book, left to right. And so he tried to be on the left side of the screen as often as possible. He insisted that he was on that side. Anytime he's next to Keira Knightley or Monkey, the monkey will be on his left shoulder because it makes him in, uh, in camera be on the left side of the screen. Yeah. The same with Keira Knightley will be on that side of him. And he just didn't think anyone would look at him. And so that was <laughs> what he insisted on. 
I love any actor who goes to that length yeah. to be seen. Uh, when I, you don't need it. Like, you're you're great, man. You've given yeah. a phenomenal performance. Sorry, just to track back uh, real quick. I have two more things that I realized that I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. Um, so clearly the movie is like, it's from the ride, right? Yeah, it's based on yeah. the ride. There are so many references to the ride in it. Um, there was, I, I sort of had an issue with like the fact that it, I found it a little distracting that you could clearly tell that part of it was from a ride. Yeah. And like you're like, you're, it's clearly like, um, I think it's like one of the first moments where you realize that like they're cursed. Like they show the imagery of them all as like, uh, skull and bones. Yeah. And, uh, like I, I very much like found that I was like, oh yeah, this is clearly like the ride part. And I'm like, yeah. ah, that's, that's, uh, I, I get it. But like, um, it just stood out to me as like a little gimmicky. And it's funny the supernatural element, the part where they are like these undead zombie things. Yeah. That was one of the later things added. That's like mm. not from the original ride. Like and one, uh, it wasn't in the original script. This is a script that got written like in the '90s originally, okay. and they shopped it around, and people kept turning it down because for the most part, pirate movies aren't successful. No. They're not box office hits. Like in look back in all the 1900s. There have been only a handful of pirate movies, and they all bomb. Yeah. Like, outside of Errol Flynn, nobody, like, looks good on a pirate ship. We don't... Audiences weren't excited about yeah. it. And so, whenever they saw this, the first script to this, like, even though it's based on the Disney ride, um, most of, like, the attack on Port Royal, him being in a jail cell, a lot of that, like, the pirate's life for me, Gibbs sleeping with pigs, like, a lot of those things are straight from the ride. Mm-hmm. But whenever they added the supernatural element of making the bad guys these undead zombies, that's when every studio got interested. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, it's not just pirates, it's pirates and spooky. Like, yeah. <laughs> we can get behind spooky pirates. Speaking of which, um, that was my second thing, was uh, the like pirate zombie, you know, uh, bone mythology. That was a little confusing at times because they're like, you know, one time he shoots the pirate, the pirate doesn't die. But if you stick a bomb in it, like the pirate then died. Like, how, how yeah. does that work? Like, I guess um, he obliterated every cell of him. Yeah. But the, yeah, because the pirates can take damage somehow. Where like, whenever they're zombies, they can get their arm knocked off. Yeah. But and then it comes back whenever I guess the the curse is lifted. The arm yeah. is severed in a drawer because Jonathan Price has a gross face yeah. at it. But <laughs> yeah, I think. There are some things in this where they depend on you just suspending disbelief and not thinking about it, which mm. is upsetting, but it feels like a very blockbustery thing where you're like, yeah. oh, I guess we don't look too deeply into the lore. Like, we like the fact that they're pirates. We don't think about this curse thing. No. But uh, what what do you think about that curse? Like, as as just like a plot device, is it interesting to have this whole crew who have stolen this treasure... And the treasure itself makes it so that they cannot enjoy yeah. basically anything. It it makes sense. It's like it's very much a like they went in to plunder a civilization that was you know not, I wouldn't say relatively untouched, but like they yeah. went in as quote unquote probably white men yeah. or you know and or from like uh, a different part of the continent um, and like went in to steal and like take what they thought was theirs. Yeah. And, which was clearly not, mm. and like now they're cursed. Then they can't like actually like spend this or like use it for like what they want to. Now they're cursed and like have to like be like, oh, now we have to make up for this by like yeah returning all of it. 
Um, and that, like, I, I, I kind of dug, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it thematically. And I think that's something in the future movies, they really love trying to add new spooky mythology. Yeah. And I think they miss out on that theme a little bit. Uh, and we'll see kind of as we move forward. Um, but before we, we get to the next movie, I've got a little bit of uh, some fun facts for, for this movie. Yeah. Um, an interesting one. Kira Knightley was 17 years old at the start of filming this. What? She was like a young little teenager. She has not aged. Like, like, looking at her now versus back then, like she has not aged. She's like yeah. all run. It's yeah, yeah. It's like those people who like when they're young, you're like, oh, you look old when you're young. Yeah. But then the older they get, you're like, oh, you're just not aging. Yeah, That's the thing. You, you, you turned adult way early, and I you don't just know stuck with it. What they've like somehow enlisted their own like black pearl type thing that's <laughs> yeah. not a curse to them it's like actually like a good thing <laughs> i mean maybe it is a curse yeah. and we don't know it yeah. that's how she stays thin that's when paul rudd takes out his gold coin <laughs> <laughs> um but apparently she felt like very underqualified for the role mm. and she didn't pack like hardly anything whenever she first showed up she was convinced she would be fired mm. and so she like packed nothing being like all right well i'm gonna be gone that's surprising because she's the best, like yeah. easily one of the best parts in the movie. She's phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah and so I, I'm really excited for you to see kind of her growth moving forward. Um, I know we mentioned uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they fight in the blacksmith's uh, place, and it's the sword fight on top of the uh, that weird little wagon that's going back and forth, and they jump up into the rafters. Um, everything there that was like dust, anything that looked like dirt, the stuff on the floor, and uh, whenever he got like sprayed in the face. All that was cocoa powder. <laughs> like it was just a way. Like I guess it looked good on film, and it's nice and brown. They were love. They were in love with the cocoa. They were in love with the cocoa. Speaking of uh, like some of the uh, one other thing that I did like, I keep remembering these things post, uh, but. Um, like, I liked how, despite, you know, whatever the CGI would kick in, like, it still felt like a very practical movie. Yeah. And, like, that they, I've, uh, you know, I'm, I guess would say very old in my ways, uh, but, like, I enjoy some of the practicality of movies sometimes. Yeah. And, like, that very much, like, kind of helped enhance it. I think. They, they really did lean heavily onto practicality. I think that's something that the director liked a lot. Yeah. And, in fact, the big, um, the big set piece of that cave. Mm-hmm. That they built, and it took five months to build it Damn. with, like, so that it could have the great shots of, like, the moonlight coming in and, like, all the treasure. But I think it's worth it as an audience. Yeah. Like, now, 16 years later, we know how much is just thrown in front of a green screen, and almost all of the setting is, yeah. like, created. Yeah. But in here, it you'd get a different sense of like, it feels real. Like you can tell yeah. that they're actually there interacting with the environment yeah. and you get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, can you guess who some of the other people were that they were thinking about for Will Turner? Um, 2003 is when this came out there. Um, they, they considered like a bunch of different actors, but they're all kind of in the same vein. Um, I mean, I, they obviously ended up going with Orlando Bloom. I'm going to go with Steven Seagal. Ooh. Um, let's see, 90s actors. Um, <laughs> William H. Macy, and um, uh, also Benicio Del Toro. Wow, I mean, I would, I would like them, <laughs> but no, definitely not. Um, they were, for Orlando Bloom's Will Turner, they were thinking of Jude Law. I could see that. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Ooh, yeah. Tobey Maguire. Oh, wait, hold on. What? Yeah, <laughs> like Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Glad they didn't go that direction. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that would have worked. Like, I think 
you know, he doesn't get a whole lot to, like, um, he doesn't get to exude his charm so much in this movie, but yeah. I don't think that, like, Tobey Maguire is not, like, a, I'm not gonna see a swashbuckling Tobey Maguire. Definitely movie. not. Uh, somebody I kind of wish they would have gone with, Christian Bale. And this would have been, like, 2003 Christian Bale before any of the Batman movies. I could have seen that. I could have seen that. But I also think that would have made this a much different movie. Oh, yeah. So, Very yeah. different. Um, but they ended up, like, going with Orlando Bloom. They were they were split between him and Heath Ledger. Those were the last two that were being considered. And young, like... I would watch that. Yeah. yeah. Like, his, like, blonde, curly hair Heath Ledger. I think yeah. he would have been a good choice. Yeah. Um, but they chose Orlando Bloom because they figured with... Uh, Lord of the Rings coming out, it would be an easy yeah, like name he could uh, jump easy over. To latch on to um, they wrote the role of Jack Sparrow for Hugh Jackman originally, <laughs> and he turned it down, not wanting to be a part of a pirate movie. And then they offered it to Robert De Niro. Whoa! And he also turned it down, not wanting to be in a pirate movie. I no lie. I like a ledger. De, uh, not wait. Did you say De Niro? I was. Yeah. Thinking, oh, sorry. I I totally went to Robert Downey Jr. Ooh! <laughs> I went, he would have been great. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, um, but probably it's still at the time where America was not cool with Robert Downey Jr. That's so uh, funny, though, because then a couple years later, De Niro's doing Stardust, which was and, amazing. And then yeah. also Hugh Jackman did yeah. Captain Hook or whatever that was. I think both of them realized, oh, we missed oh, out. Yeah. I actually want to be <laughs> in one of these movies. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, that's a, a lot of uh, the, the fun facts about this. Um, there, Johnny Depp and the writers like conferred on set a lot. The writers were actually there on set for most of the filming, which is kind of rare. But they let Johnny Depp kind of do some improv if they felt like, yeah, this is fitting for the time period, what your character would say. And some of like his the most famous lines from this, where he says savvy all the time, it's like a recurring line. That's all him. And uh, the very last thing he says, bring me the horizon. Mm -hmm. That was like him on set. And I think everyone just went, yeah. Like, that's that's what we need right now. But they Johnny. definitely had to cut out the part where they're like, let's go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, one and done, on to the next one. Movie two is called Dead Man's Chest. What do you think this is about? Do you know anything about Dead Man's Chest? Do you know any anything at all? Uh, I'm going to guess that there's um, some kind of treasure in a man's chest who's dead. Okay, um, like his physical chest or like a box chest. There's actually a box in his chest. Ooh, okay, okay. So he's like he's he's like the uh, pirates version of Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean honestly, with how weird this movie gets, yeah, you're not terribly far off. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, one last question before we jump into it. Yar, do you fear death? 